HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Cutting the Curd has been brought to you by Academy Opus Cassius. The Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training in the heart of France. For more information, visit academy-mons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E-M-O-N-S.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. This is Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd, HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Our new time slot is 2 o'clock Mondays, and I'm welcoming this month Sue Conley, author of author with Peg Smith of Cowgirl Creamery Cooks. Hi, Sue. Hi, Diane. How are you? Really good. How are you? Great. I have a bit of a cold. I hope I don't have uh, lose my voice in the middle of the show or have a coughing attack, but I'll keep... Uh, I'll keep it up. I'll keep talking till I can't. Okay. <laughs> anyway, your book is really a great combination of of recipes and the story of the Cowgirl Creamery. As um as such a founding mother of the American cheese industry, surely there was a lot of pressure for you you two to write a book. Yes, um actually Chronicle Books um Bill LeBlanc, the the head of the uh cookbook department has been trying to get us to write a book for about 10 years. Every year he takes us to lunch uh-huh. and asks if we're ready this year. And we've resisted because, honestly, we didn't really think that... Uh, our, we, we weren't sure that our idea of making artisan cheese would be successful. Ah, so you didn't want to put it in book form? Not until we knew that it was a good idea, you know, just... We didn't want to encourage other people to um, take the risk uh-huh. if we couldn't be successful ourselves. And, and honestly, the first seven or eight years of our business were really, really tough. Uh huh. Uh huh. And you probably didn't have time to write a cookbook. And we didn't have time. Right. We were making. Right. <laughs> How did you decide um, to do the combination book, the recipes and the story? Whose idea was that? 
Well, we really didn't set out to write a recipe book, mm-hmm. um, and Chronicle really wanted us to make a cookbook. And so we compromised by by um, by creating a book that tells the story of how we learned how to make cheese. Mm-hmm. And we learned with the very simplest cheese, very fresh uh, fromage blanc and mm-hmm. cottage cheese. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we got pretty good at that, and then we started with the Mount Tam, which is a mold ripened or very young uh, family of cheeses. Mm-hmm. Then we learned how to make Wagon Wheel, which is um, an aged kind of a melting cheese. So we realized if we kind of tell the story of how we learned and how we developed our skills, that it could explain cheese making in a very um, light but informative way. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of each of these chapters, we put recipes. The appropriate recipes for the type of cheese. Correct. Uh-huh. So and, it helped uh, structure not, the book. It did. And they're not complicated recipes, but I think mm-hmm. they kind of enhance the reader's understanding of cheese mm-hmm. in a way you know that wouldn't be possible if it's just a listing of really good recipes. Right. Now, I like to cheese. I like to focus a bit on how you write the book. Um, for the timeline for the recipes versus the story, uh, was one faster, was one slower? Did you divide up the tasks? Can you tell me a little bit about the process? Well, we because we're two people with mm-hmm. two different voices, um, we decided that I would take the lead on writing, and Mm -hmm. I actually enjoy writing, so that was really good, Mm -hmm. and uh, Peggy would take the lead on the recipes, Uh and then we we hired a person named Ann Spivak to edit in-house, so uh, what she did was she kept us on task, Uh you know, we... And she helped us to submit the book in a finished form mm-hmm. to the publisher. They must and have appreciated the other, that. Oh, they loved it. I mean, they <laughs> really, I mean, it's, I think it's one of the reasons it's such a, a beautiful book because we had a great team of people. We had a great photographer, Christopher Hersheimer and Melissa Hamilton from Canal House up in your area, um, in Lambertville, New Jersey. Anyway, mm-hmm. that everybody who worked on it was so good mm-hmm. that the publisher kind of let us do whatever we wanted. Mm-hmm. So they really um, left us alone. Um, but what Ann Spivak did, our in-house editor, is she actually took notes while we cooked. Uh-huh. So Peggy and I were, would cook the recipes. Ann would, did you put a half cup? A flour in that. Oh, yeah, I think it was a half cup. Oh, that's and, nice. Uh, so she would make sure it was a half cup and then uh, record the recipes. So th- they are uh, dependable recipes, and they're very basic so mm-hmm. that you can, you know, add your own twist. Mm-hmm. Now, were the recipes your home-cooked favorites or for parties, or do you sell prepared food in the stores? Well, yeah, it's a combination of all those things. Mm-hmm. We have some family recipes in there, but by starting with milk, 
you know, as our first chapter, we look at recipes that use yogurt and uh, creme fraiche and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And then for the, um, and then we go into fromage blanc and ricotta. You know, all those mm-hmm. really great fresh cheeses. <laughs> and then, um, actually, my favorite chapter is the ends and bits because. As you know, these are very expensive cheeses right. that we're, we're working with. They're handmade, so uh, we don't want any of them to go to waste. So there's recipes in the back that tell you what to do with all the leftovers, dried out mm-hmm. bits. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. We That's great. Never want to throw them away. Mm-hmm. Now, both of you worked in restaurants first, right? Yes, Peggy was a chef at Chez Panisse in Berkeley for 17 years. Wow. And, uh, and what, did you, a, what did you do at, your, at the restaurant you worked at? I owned a restaurant in Berkeley called Betty's Ocean View Diner mm-hmm. with my, my uh, partners, Betty and Manfred. Mm-hmm. And that restaurant is still going. Ah. It's a, a great breakfast and lunch place, a kind of a iconic Berkeley institution mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh so some of the recipes come from betty's mm-hmm. some from chez mm-hmm. days with peggy and mm-hmm. uh then we do have food in all of our shops we have you know a tomato soup we have really good sandwiches and mm-hmm. salads so some of the ideas come from mm-hmm. from those recipes is the tomato soup the one from the book it is. Oh, that that seemed like a great addition in the book because grilled cheese and tomato soup is just you know everybody's childhood favorite. I think it's a classic. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to have a good recipe for it. Yeah. Instead of like Campbell's. <laughs> anyway, do both of you miss the restaurant world? Well, I think we have enough of a taste of it in our. Um, you know, our food is primarily carry out in Point Reyes and in uh, San Francisco. But it's still a creative outlet for how it, how to deal with cheese. You mm-hmm. know, hopefully our customers learn a bit about cooking with cheese by eating at these places or, you know, combinations of cheese as flavoring in certain dishes. Mm-hmm. So... We're not totally out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did some of your favorite recipes get left out of the book? And can you remember any? Oh, boy. Um, I just thought of one the other day that was left out, but now it's leaving me. One thing is that, you know, there's um, there's a couple of souffle recipes in there that I really love, and you can do so many things with uh, kind of the basic mm-hmm. souffle recipe. So, you know, a lot of those are left. I really don't think I want to write a whole book about grilled cheese because <laughs> there's so many. There are too many variations. Yeah, and they're actually they're all pretty good. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, how often would you say uh, do you eat cheese? I mostly taste cheese, mm-hmm. and that's you know that's part of my work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, today we'll have a cheese tasting of all the cowgirl cheese batches that are going to market mm-hmm. this week mm-hmm. for and Thanksgiving. So that it, yeah, that entails you know 
major eating? A lot of cheese tasting. <laughs> uh-huh. Because we do make small batches, so the ones going out this week, we probably have eight different batches of Mount Tam uh-huh. and four batches of Red Hawk mm-hmm. and three batches of the uh, seasonal cheese Devil's Gulch. Mm-hmm. So that's a big cheese eating day for me. Right. And, and how many I people do, will do that with you? How many people will you sit down with to do the cheese tasting? That'll be uh, two cheese makers and two people from our wholesale department. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, me or Peggy are usually in that. Uh-huh. Thing. So and is that you know, festive? Is it fun? Do you do it at the end of the day? Is wine included? It's not that much fun, honestly. <laughs> it sounds so fun from here. <laughs> I know. If I invited you as, as a guest, you would have a ball. <laughs> but for us, we're trying to pay attention to what's going on in the cheese. All the and flavor so, profiles. Yeah, we have to describe it, and then we have to um, put it in a series of how we're going to sell it, because just because it's the oldest cheese on the table, it might not be as ripe as the one that was made later in right. the week. So, you know, we have to pay attention to that. Uh-huh. And then otherwise, for eating cheese, we love to taste the cheeses that are coming into season, um, you know, at the counter, mm-hmm. or the ones that the cheesemongers are excited about. Uh-huh. And they get excited because maybe they've met the cheesemaker. Mm-hmm. The cheesemaker passed through, and so now they want to sell all of Andy's cheese from Upland. Uh-huh. So that'll be the excitement of the week. Right. He's and very then, inspiring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, you know, Mary Keene will be here. Uh-huh. And, uh, so they all want the truffle tremor. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What is your favorite non-cheese dinner? My favorite non-cheese dinner Or recipe. Well, you know, I don't eat that much cheese in recipes, so Uh I might use cheese as a uh, finishing flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, And my non-cheese, I mean, I just love fish. Uh So, you know, that's not something that goes with cheese very well. Mm Mm-hmm which is okay. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and it's a good con- contrast with the amount of cheese you have to eat. <laughs> right now we have, uh, th- this will sound um, out of season, but our crab season in California starts oh. this week, our okay. Dungeness crab. So I will be making some trips up the oh, coast. Great. And also our oysters are excellent oh. right now. Hmm. Uh, Okay, we have to take a break. We'll take a very brief break. This is Sue Conley being interviewed by Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd about her book, Cowgirl Creamery Cooks. See you soon. You are listening to Squeezy Breezy by the California Honey Drops here on the Heritage Radio Network.org. For just a one sip from your sweet cup If I had a big Cadillac car I'd trade it in for a winter at the old junkyard Listen out here, baby, I ain't 
fooling around Cause I got another woman But I put her down Hey, squeezy Squeezy little breezy Squeezy breezy Ain't nothing in this world I wouldn't do For just one little squeeze on you The Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training for cheese professionals ready to move their careers to the next level. When you come to learn at the Academy, we instill our love for cheese, our expertise, and our experience so that you can support artisanal producers, impeccably care for the fine cheeses you carry, and serve your customers with skill and enthusiasm. We integrate hands-on practice, formal instruction, and classroom discussion in all of our courses. The Academy's programs are offered at the Mons Fromagerie in the heart of France, where cheese undergoes affinage and cheeses are received, prepared, and shipped. Several Mons retail shops are nearby. The surrounding countryside is the home to producers whose excellent cheeses are cared for by the Mons team. The Mons cheese business has more than 50 years' experience caring for and teaching about cheese in France, a country known as the source of some of the world's greatest cheeses, deepest cheese tradition, and the highest level of technological research and rigor in cheese making and ripening. The Academy has been recognized by the American Cheese Society as the first approved education center for those preparing for the certified cheese professional exam. Enroll now for Essential Foundations for Cheese Professionals or Affinage, the Art and Science of Maturing Cheese. For more information, visit www.academy-mons.com That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E-M-O-N-S.com Certified Cheese Professional is a registered trademark of the American Cheese Society. Hi, we're back on Cutting the Curd, talking to Sue Conley about her book, Cowgirl Creamery Cooks. Hi, Sue. Hey. We're back. Anyway, I have a lot more questions. I'm wondering how you decided on your actual cheese plate suggestions. Well, we did a chapter in the book about uh, creating a cheese board with a point of view, and uh-huh. meaning that it has some theme to it or some reason to it. And mm-hmm. this this makes it easier for the shopper, you know, when approaching a cheese counter with, you know, 50 different choices. You right. know, how are you going to start to think about putting these cheeses together. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a couple suggestions, and one would be just, you know, a regional cheese board. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just talked about Andy from Uplands. Well, that's a really great little cheese area, mm-hmm. the Driftless in Wisconsin. So it would be neat to get three cheeses from that area. Mm-hmm. And you could do a, um, a Hooks Cheddar with the Uplands Reserve and then uh, one of Brenda Jensen's uh, sheep milk cheeses. Mm-hmm. And that would be really beautiful because they're contrasting uh, flavors. and But all from the uh, same area. All from the same area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just a fun way to talk about it. We also like to do, you know, three or five cheeses. And when you get more than five, it gets confusing. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, that's something we like to encourage. Mm-hmm. And then another way is to, uh, you know, do all one kind of cheese, like, you know, five different cheddars. Mm-hmm. 
from all over, from England, from uh, Wisconsin, California, Vermont. Mm -hmm. That would be really fun. Right. So uh, just to come in with some idea of where you're going with Mm -hmm. it. Almost educational. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you write about the 12 different possible points of view in that chapter. And I'm wondering, did you create the 12 points of view for the book, or were you already using those points of view in classes and tastings beforehand? Well, we did do it for the book. Mm -hmm. You know, we kind of brought our thoughts together Uh on that. And um, there there could be more points of view. Mm -hmm. There could be thousands. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But 12 is a lot. 12 gives you many choices. Now, I had a question about including U.S. and metric uh, measurements in the recipes. Whose idea was that? Well, the editor, Chronicle, insists on that. Oh. Uh, oh. Because I hadn't seen that sell. before. Do they sell in England? They sell in England and Canada, you know, are two big markets. Okay. So that's a new policy for oh. the publisher. Oh, okay, okay. I was wondering because I had not seen that before. Yeah, it's a good idea, I think. I feel that in the book you you very gently in the chapters provide some great cheese information, um, kind of slowly but surely, so that it's it's not boom, 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 fact after fact, but it's the stories evolve and then they have facts in them. Could you tell me a little bit, one thing I was really surprised by was that Mount Tam started with a Gouda recipe. Isn't that wild? That seems wacky to me. It does, but that's because uh, I was the first cheesemaker at Cowgirl Creamery. Right. And um, I was very confident with the fresh cheeses, you know, it was just like cooking or baking uh-huh. to make the uh, cottage cheese and fromage blanc right. and the creme fraiche. And, and so um, we, Peggy and I were both ready to expand our repertoire. And so uh, we were lucky to meet a man at the farmer's market named Font Smith, who was a uh, dairy graduate, dairy uh, major in the Netherlands, uh-huh. and he had graduated from a prestigious agricultural school there and was in our area on an apprenticeship with a Dutch cheesemaker called Bulk uh-huh. Farm. And they were making Gouda there. And uh, so he was next to me at the farmer's market. I was uh, selling our cheese. And uh, he said that he wanted to stay in San Francisco, but his internship was up. He had fallen in love with one of his customers, Eileen. Uh Oh, how sweet. And so uh, (laughs) our creamery was the closest creamery to the city where Eileen lived. So uh, he started working with us. We set up a new internship for him. But he brought science into our creamery. Uh You know, we were working as cooks, tasting and Mm -hmm. adjusting and repeating our our recipes, but um, he brought a sense of science and a process that enabled us to expand our repertoire. Uh-huh. The the only hitch was he only knew how to make gouda. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's just so. funny because your cheeses are small and Gouda is so big. That's that's what's funny about it, I think. Well, the the <laughs> process is um, it's a cooked curd and a washed curd. So, you know, a brie cheese that ordinarily has the white mold is a very fresh curd and it's very soft and supple. And that's why it runs on the plate when you cut it. Uh-huh. So Fonts had this idea that we, if we cooked a curd and washed it like a Gouda and added cream, that it would be really soft and then we could grow the white mold. Because I wanted to have something like a St. Andre. Uh-huh. You know, that was just really easy to love. Uh-huh. And everybody wants it at a party. So right. we did this Gouda thing. And honestly, it took a long time to get the texture right. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until Maureen Cunningham, who is still our head cheesemaker today, she really worked with that after Fonts left and Mm -hmm. reduced the heating, Mm -hmm. reduced the stirring time, Uh and uh, got it to be this very soft thing that we know today. Uh Now, what has remained of the Gouda recipe, both the cooking and the washing of the curd? That's right. So even though the amounts have been adjusted, that correct, that's still the traditional Gouda recipe. Yeah, and then we have it in the. And of course, Gouda would never have cream added. Right, you know, that right, makes right. It a triple cream. Right, and uh, we put the white mold in the penicillin candida mm-hmm. in the milk, and that grows when it hits the air. So uh, we also have a aging room with a higher humidity, mm-hmm. and um, it's a little uh, warmer mm-hmm. than. A, Gouda aging room would be. So Mm -hmm. all of these things, just tweaking every little bit of that Mm -hmm. process creates something very unique. And uh, the thing about Mount Tam is it has a flavor profile that's similar to the brie, Mm -hmm. but it's very dense. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's not as soft and it it doesn't ammoniate as quickly. So it's a good traveler. You know, it really can hold up. Uh-huh, which it needs to be these days. Right. <laughs> and Red Hawk starts the same, correct? Red Hawk starts the same, um, but then we uh, actually switch directions. After the white mold has grown on the rind, mm-hmm. we literally wash it off with uh-huh. a, a very high salty brine. Mm-hmm. And uh, that encourages bacterium linen and other wild bacterias in our coastal air mm-hmm. to grow on the rind. So it's a very uh, pungent mm-hmm. and uh, almost meaty flavor mm-hmm. that it brings in. But the white mold that's growing on it initially brings in that beautiful um, white mushroom flavor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it has this depth of flavors that really linger in the cheese. Mm-hmm. That's now, our um, most complicated cheese. Now, Red Hawk was initially a mistake. Correct. The the washing of it. Yes, the original uh, mistake was that uh, I was still making cheese with uh, fonts at this time, and the white mold wasn't growing. It wasn't populating on our rind, so I got a um, 
solution of the mold in water, and I sprayed it on the rind, which is a technique that some cheesemakers use mm-hmm. to introduce these molds. And instead of encouraging the growth of the mold, it actually killed every bit of it. <laughs> and I got so mad, I put it back in the aging room, and our... Um, head cheesemonger Kate Arding Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother story she took it out and tried it three weeks later and and was amazed it's this is the best thing you've ever made (laughs) do it again now if Kate hadn't have been there we would have probably thrown it away wow wow right because it just looks so different and you know, uh-huh. might be dangerous, right? <laughs> to eat it, but <laughs> she just went right for it. <laughs> she went for it, and of course, Kate went on to uh, found the Culture Magazine, yes, our yes, Artisan Cheese Magazine, which we're so proud of. Right. So, um, yeah, she's been a good influence on the Artisan Cheese movement. She here. certainly has. Now, how long from when the mistake was made? Did it take for Red Hawk to win Best in Show at the American Cheese Society meeting, which was 2003? When do you think the mistake was made? That was around uh, 2000, so I think wow. it took about three years. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, can you tell our listeners before we go the story behind your name as the Cowgirls? Sure. Uh, we have a mentor named Ellen Strauss, who's the mother of Albert Strauss, mm-hmm. who we buy most of our milk from. He's a, made He created the first certified organic dairy in the West. Mm-hmm. So um, he was inspired by his mother, as was I, to try to have healthier agriculture in our area and um, to um, make value-added products. Anyway, that's kind of a circuitous route to the question. Okay. But Ellen Strauss, Ellen Strauss started the Marin Agricultural Land Trust, mm-hmm. and that is a, a land tr- the first of its kind in the U.S. to preserve open space for the purpose of agriculture. Mm-hmm. And she said that we can save farmland, but unless the farmers are making things on the land that are more valuable than commodity crops it's all going to fall apart anyway. Mm -hmm. So that was when Peg and I decided we should make cheese with Albert's milk. Anyway, Ellen was standing in front of our our barn that we had just purchased, and we Mm -hmm. were ready to... And we were working on it. Yeah, we were ready to install our creamery equipment, and we didn't know what to name it. Uh And uh, Ellen just looked at us while this woman on a horse was hitching up her... uh, her horse in front of the bank and said, well, you know, girls, we're in the Wild West here. And so Peggy said, if we're in the Wild West, we must be cowgirls. And that was it. (laughs) We must be the cowgirl creamery. Excellent. Excellent. Because your name is great, and you you both fit fit the bill perfectly. (laughs) Oh, thanks. (laughs) Anyway, I want to thank you so much for taking this time to talk to me today. Um, I really enjoyed it. And everyone should check out your book, Cowgirl Creamery Cooks, written by my guest Sue Conley and her cheesemaking partner, Peg, Peg Smith. So thank you very much, and thanks to my engineer, Joe Galarraga. 
and this has been Cutting the Curd. It's available on heritageradionetwork.org, and you can get a podcast either on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.